Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. All right, I'm back. Whoever made Frankie mad should be ashamed of himself, man. They really should. Frankie. Yeah, they really should. Frankie's a good dude. You don't you don't go around making Frankie mad. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, come on. He's he's he likes everybody except everybody that he hates, which is everybody. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> but he especially hates people who ring the doorbell, so oh, yeah. and I think it was just an Amazon delivery and like, you know. Seventy-five percent of the time, they don't ring the doorbell. So why, why bother now? But you know, it's because we're recording a podcast. That's hey, why. I've, you know what? I've realized that. Eh? They never, unless you are concentrated on something. Uh, yes. The the, the mail lady never wants you to sign anything unless you are doing something. Yes. It's just amazing. Or naked. And here's here's another thing about dogs that I, I don't understand. These people, right? The dogs, mm-hmm. they sort of know everybody's the sound of everybody's car, even the neighbors or whatever, for some reason. Mm-hmm. And they more or less know what time all of us in the house get home at some point. Yes. But if you're recording, if I'm recording and Christine comes home, for some reason, Charlie feels like he has to bark. Yeah, no. Uh, Frankie's the same way. A hundred percent. It's like, oh, you're doing something that, that I shouldn't be loud for. Let me be. Let me be really loud. <laughs> that is amazing, man. All right, so let's get back at it. All right. Okay. So this is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and. Stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. This week we are discussing Netflix miniseries called Unbelievable uh, that was premiered on Friday last week, I believe. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. And, you know, the, the, the title of it, you know, is one of those things that If you just go by the title, you're like, this is something I may or may not watch, isn't it? <laughs> yes, very much so. Very much so. I don't think the title really tells you anything about what's actually happening in this little series. Yeah. And, and I wonder then, why is it that they didn't just keep it with the title that it was originally published? The, the article was originally published, uh, which was an unbelievable story of rape something like yes that. yes the unbelievable an unbelievable story of rape that was published by the marshall project the only thing i can think of is that they wanted to keep rape out of the title to maybe make it a little less uh controversial i don't know i don't know but i would be much more interested in in watching something called an unbelievable story of rape than just unbelievable because i'd be like oh unbelievable okay click 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 right. whatever yeah. not eye-catching And when I when I you know when when I would see something like unbelievable, all I kept thinking is, well, maybe this is some kind of like uh, science fiction thing, where or maybe a miniseries about you know something that is you know with all with the whole uh, um, 
storm area 51 thing or whatever you know i thought it had something to do with you know ufo sightings yeah 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 and with the timing of it coming out on a friday the 13th it could very well be a horror series you know um but it's it's not it's uh, essentially a, a documentary i would not call it a docudrama um because it essentially follows exactly what happened to everybody yeah. I mean, there may be some things that are dramatized, but not very much. And it's very powerful. And I think that everybody should watch it. And I think women especially need to watch it. But I would like men to watch it as well so that you can understand maybe what your wife, your mother, your sister, your daughter may have gone through or may have to go through at some point. Yes, yes. And you know what? Men, men, we, I mean, come on. Yes, buckle down and watch this. Yes. Because here's the crazy thing. We tend to just walk away from things that make us uncomfortable, especially if it's something that reflects, reflects poorly on what we consider us being, right? And when you're watching the show, you're going to see some things that you're going to, you're going to um, use anger as a pretext, maybe, to just stop watching it. And I'm going to tell you that right now. Because I felt for a moment like, you know what, I'm not going, I'm, I'm just not going to watch this fucking thing. Look at this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I-, I have to see this. Because, you know, if I, when is my turn to speak out? for and to speak up for somebody you know i want to be informed enough i want to know of the mistakes that are um, usually made that, that are typically made so that i myself don't make those mistakes and so yes every man should watch this show and as you said jocelyn it is it is the closest thing to a documentary um for for a and i think the only reason why you know it's it falls in a category of docudrama is because obviously they had to use actors to portray the real life characters and, and stuff. But other than that, the producers themselves said that they did not need to change absolutely nothing but the names of the people that um, that were involved in real life. Yes. And so Unbelievable is uh, basically follows the story and it is based on an original story uh, published on uh, ProPublica and I, I believe it was sort of like uh, in, in, in coalition with the Marshall Project. Is that correct? Marshall Project was, in, was involved in this, right? Yes, yes. And it is about a series of rapes in Washington and Colorado. And we see two very upfront stories, right? We see two very main stories. What the, the story of a character named Marie Adler and the story of another young lady who was a student in Colorado. Yes. And Marie Adler was raped, tortured and raped, if you will, and even though she was told by her rapist, because the rapist took pictures, right? 
Yes. And told her, you better don't say anything. You better not say anything because if you go out and say something, I'm going to publish this on the internet. Yes. And still, she called the police. She reported her case. And what do you know? Not even her family believed her. No. And for me, that was... Marie, I, th I think we probably need to delve a little bit into her background because the show does too. Marie had a, a background where she grew up in foster homes. And she had a history of sexual and physical and emotional abuse. So Marie was 18 when this happened. Um, she was still in contact with several of her foster mothers. And when all this happened, she did what you would hope anybody would be able to do and would think of doing is she called who she considered her moms and said, I've been raped. And unfortunately, her foster mothers took the attitude that she was doing this for attention. And for me to be able to explain how angry that makes me because you don't come up with this kind of a story for attention. Yeah. False rapes, there's something along the lines of, of every rape that's reported, about 5% of what's reported is, is fake. And the number of rapes that are reported is minuscule compared to what actually happens. But the idea of anybody doing this for attention just because they've had a hard life and a poor upbringing, poor in every sense of the word, monetarily right. and and physically and mentally and emotionally, it just turned me into a rage volcano because these women that were supposed to be protecting her and helping her instead decided that they were going to tell the police and her that they did not believe her. Well, it was particularly one, which is uh, Judith, Right, the yes, that one lady, and and she was a little bit of a narcissist <laughs> too. I yes. think I think that was the biggest problem with her is that she had, for some reason, all the characteristics of the the quintessential guilt mom, uh, very narcissistic, make wanting to make things about herself. And when things weren't about herself and couldn't be about herself, then she inserted herself as a principal or a main character in the situation as long as she also had some of the attention. Yes. And that character, we're going to get into the cast later, uh, but, but that character, I think, Elizabeth Marvel... Is that, is that her name? Elizabeth Marvel played that character almost to perfection. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I, you know, the, the fact that she decided to tell the police that, and this actually happened, this is, this is true, we're not talking about drama, she actually went to the police and decided to tell them that, is is baffling to me and mind-boggling to me, but it's also baffling to me and also makes me very angry that the police decided to believe her. And at that point, the police decided that this was no longer something that should be investigated, really, and that 
what they decided to do is spend their time and energy doing is in getting Marie to recant her confession. Yeah. And I understand, you know, I, I read, I've read the article on the Marshall project, which I encourage everybody, um, if you're into rating or even if you're not into rating to read this article, it's excellent. It's free online. You don't have to have pay for a subscription or anything. You just have to Google an unbelievable story of rape, the Marshall project. Um, I understand that this was at the time, a small police force. There had not really been the proper training in the facility. And the person that was in charge, the main detective, was absolutely in over his head. I want to say that he was trying his best, but I think he was getting very poor counsel from all of the leadership around him. And I do, but I do feel that you know, it's one thing to have a foster mother come to you and say, well, I think she's doing this just so that she can get attention and another to go, oh, okay, well then in that case, case closed, let's get her to recant her confession. Yeah. But I, I, I think also he was already inclined, Detective Parker, to sort of like, you know, brush this thing aside because in, in his mind, and I, 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 I would like to believe that's not the case, but it seems that there is this belief that, you know, these kind of allegations, they're not as, you know, they shouldn't have the same priorities as, you know, burglary, murder, or something like that. And at the end of the day, it's a waste of time. Chances are she was looking for it. <laughs> Chances are she was, she, she, she was in on it, and she just, you know, decided change her mind or something like that. Uh, that that's the attitude, his approach, I felt. And, yes. And, and when um, Judith sort of like validated this, this sentiment for him, he wasn't ready to just call it a day and move on to something that he felt was important. Yeah. 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 I was very struck by the first episode and how, and everything I've read, talks about how, including an account from Marie herself, the victim, of how true this is as to what happened to her. You know, it was all men who came to talk to her, Yes. you know, in the police force. There was not a female officer who came to speak with her because I don't think there was one on the force. There was no rape victims unit on the force. It fell under the, under vice, which is ridiculous. And then going to the hospital and getting, the rape test, the rape kit done. Anybody who would do this just for attention. To get attention, yes. Yes. What you go through for a rape kit and a rape test is not something that you're going to do to just get attention, okay? So it is not any fun. It is not enjoyable. It does not give you any attention. And they treat you like shit the entire time. And it's very, very very true to life in this case for this lady. So I think that's another thing, a reason to have everybody possibly can watch this, watch this so you can understand that, yes, this is a docudrama, but this is how it actually goes down. This is what happens. And oh, by the way, if you feel like hurting yourself, there's a number I wrote on there for you. Yeah. 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 Take this, take this, take that. And if, you know, if you feel, I remember when in that particular scene after that, Christine was like, 
she was pleasant <laughs> you know uh, it, yeah yeah exactly it's like, it's like she was she she couldn't wait to get her out of her face you know but yes. again you're right it's it's so it's so infuriating whenever somebody say something like well they're just after money or they're just looking for attention there's a thousand ways you could get somebody's money without yes. subjecting yourself to to all this bullshit because i mean i'm glad i'm 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 grateful that the director the producers of this series decided not to to not take a lot of you know liberties with the with with, with the story but also to portray with as much exactitude as possible how the aftermath of a rape is and those scenes those the rape kit the rape kit thing at the hospital was some of the most horrifying things i've ever seen anybody the dignity of anyone go through at a, a healthcare facility where you suppose to be uh to 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 be healed where you suppose where you where your health is to, supposed to be cared, cared for so so that was you know bravo that, that's all i can say yes um yes. and so moving on into into the into the story the other side of the story is that while this young lady marie adler is treated like shit her dignity is completely stripped away starting from the rape all the way into the way the police treated her the way the people that she trusted around her treated her there's there's a scene that i i think my anger blew up which is when right after she's forced to to recant or, or, or basically to reverse her story then the counselors and if that happened in real life i shamed on those on those counselors because they literally put her in a circle to just be of of, of the people that she lives with the, the she lives with at that of uh, house to just berate her i don't know what it is that they thought this meeting was going to to what kind of results they expected from that but you know that kid almost committed suicide after that per the, per the article in the marshall project that's pretty much how it went down for her and she she did almost kill herself because of this yeah and she almost she she i mean honestly what If you're telling the truth about something and everyone is telling you that you can't possibly be telling the truth, but you know you are, but they're telling you you aren't, and you're also losing all of your friends, all your credibility, everything that you've ever worked for over your 18 really shitty years yeah. of life. I mean, honestly, why wouldn't you want to just jump in the river at that point? I certainly would. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, and her blood would be on the hands of those detectives. Oh, absolutely. And at the time when when she started walking and she started contemplating suicide by the bridge, there was something in me that that sort of felt like yeah, it will be all over for you then. Like, you know what? 
yeah. the, the way you've been treated. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's hard because we all know, you know, we all feel a certain way about suicide, and we, we, we you know, we, we we don't encourage anybody. We would never encourage anybody to commit suicide. But the the sentiment that these particular moments evoke <laughs> is is just gut wrenching, and I su I suppose our own ap uh, empathy sort of fool us into into believing that maybe the best avenue at that point for her was that because I seriously was like yeah you know if you did it I wouldn't blame you that's what I that's what I kept thinking yeah yeah I I again not pro suicide or anything but if she had decided at that point I would have never in a million years blamed her. Not that I've ever blamed anybody that committed suicide. But at that point, she would have just been branded again as, oh, well, she was just trying to get right. attention. And she didn't get it enough. And, and so she, she killed was. herself to get more because she probably thought maybe somebody would come save her and then she could have the attention of that. Yeah, I, that's that's mm. un unbelievable. Again, no, no, no pun intended. Um, and so on the other side of the story is that in Colorado, the same exact thing happens to a young student alone in her apartment. A master man came and um, basically threatened to kill her, bound her, raped her for multiple hours, and then had her bathed and in, in, scrubbed up and everything, and then left, took photos yes. of her and left. Yes. Except that there were there was a woman. There was a woman detective that yes. was willing to pursue this case regardless of how plausible or implausible it sounded. Even the fact that she never questioned anything about the case, about the young lady. But even still, she pursued every single angle that anyone could think of. And that, to me, I, I, I could see the huge difference there. And I kept thinking to myself, how different things are when, one, you have somebody who is equipped professionally to do a certain job but also how different things could, could have been for Marie if there was at least one woman, one involved. Yes. yes. In this case, if, from the perspective of had, the police department. Yes. Or if there had been even a male officer who was willing to believe her or willing to do his job <laughs> Yeah. As opposed to just deciding that, well, you know, she just needs attention. That's what women do. That's what women do. They they do this sort of thing. Because there's a little scene between the two detectives who are talking about, oh, wasn't there a case to this similar between the professor and the girl? Yes. And one of them goes, didn't he sue her? And the other one goes, well, I certainly would have. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of, I mean, it was sort of an innocent exchange between the two of them, but at the same time, it kind of gave you uh, an idea into the mindset of of those particular officers and the fact that they were 
already prejudiced and biased against not just the fact that you know she was a disadvantaged youth but from the, honestly because she was female yeah a young female and and I want to make a little detour here to talk about something um about 3 or 4 weeks ago and if you haven't you can still you can check it on YouTube or you can if you have HBO Go or if HBO Now, go ahead and check it out. John Oliver, maybe a bit more than that. John Oliver did a segment about women's healthcare, right? And he... I watched this. You, you remember that, right? Yes, yes. And he, he detailed a lot of things I did not know. And how in medicine... Doctors, doctors, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about people that don't know what they're doing. I'm talking about doctors, medical professionals, doctors, nurses, do not believe that women suffer <laughs> and, and dismiss when women are suffering, which is the main cause for the high number of women, for example, dying of heart attacks, right? Because yes. that's why they call it the silent killer. It's yes. not silent. There are no. multiple symptoms of when yes. a woman is having a heart attack. As a matter of fact, I'm the very first one to be madly alarmed. Like my wife is like, calm down. That's not whatever my wife tells me, I've had um acid reflux for two days. Mm -hmm. my, 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 my brain starts going off. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. this is one of those symptoms that women, that reflects on women uh, having a heart attack that sometimes don't even they can recognize. So yes. medical professionals should know about this and they should do their best to, you know, make sure that they get a diagnostic early enough to prevent a woman from yeah. dying. And, but, and I remember particularly the moment when he invited Wanda Sykes yes. to the set. Yes. And he took an excerpt of a special that Wanda Sykes did talking about how she had just had surgery. And because she's a woman, no one could ever believe that her level of pain is, I don't know, at 10. Well, they sent her home with. Although she was in agonizing pain, they sent her home, in her own words, with ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now think about yes. that. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I had wanted to talk about that episode after I watched it on the podcast. Where I was like, we can't make a whole episode about a John Oliver episode. But yes, anybody who has the chance to watch this, especially... Just anybody, please, please watch this John Oliver thing. It will open your eyes to how women are treated in healthcare, as well as African Americans, as well as African American women, but just how we, and I, I say we because I'm a woman, so I can say we, <laughs> how we are totally dismissed and we are not taken seriously by so much. I'm going to tell a personal story, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I went to a doctor um, 
in out in Nevada when me and my husband lived in Nevada. My husband had been to this doctor when he first moved out there and found her to be an empathetic and caring practitioner. So when I went out there, I went to her as well, and I was expecting the same level of care. She treated my husband beautifully. Now, this is a female practitioner, right? She's a, she's a female doctor, GP. I went to see her, um, and she was incredibly dismissive of me, um, of my symptoms. At the time, I was going through a major dis- depressive disorder uh, swing in my depression, which is something I suffer from. Okay. And I had had a little uh, a journal that I was keeping of, 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 of the way I was feeling and emotions and things like that, which is something you're encouraged to do by professionals. She rolled her eyes into the next state when I brought that out. Oh, wow. And she told me, it's called PMS, honey. Are you kidding? No. No. And she... Honey, honey, like, 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 uh, like what you would say to a little kid, maybe. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's called PMS, honey. And I just sat there and I thought... I have records. I've I've been to other doctors. I'm not bringing this to you as a new thing. One, so I have plenty of of information to share with you that you have in my file that you know I have this disorder. One and two, even if I didn't, what the fuck? Wow. Yes. But I was not in a place to be able to do that. So I went out into my car and I cried for about half an hour. And then I drove home and I cried all the way home. And all I could think about was getting home and killing myself because I couldn't get this doctor to believe me. Oh, God. Justin, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But when I told my husband, he, of course, was livid. And um, he called the office and, and lit into them. But my point being is to my husband, this woman, this doctor, was a kind, she genuinely was a kind and empathetic and caring provider. But to me, as a woman, as a female, I was dismissed. I was not listened to. I was ignored. And everything that I had gone to her to speak to her about was was completely just disregarded. And I was told, oh, it's just PMS, honey. It's called PMS, honey. So... Anybody who's had that experience, because I know we probably have listeners who have, it's not you, it's them. And you need to find yourself a goddamn good fucking doctor because I eventually did. And it was not a lady doctor. It it turned out to be a gentleman and he was absolutely wonderful and marvelous, but you just have to be able to get to that point where you can, and you have to be able to fight for yourself to find somebody that will listen to you. And if you can't, Try to find somebody who will help you fight that fight because we are all worth it and we're worth that fight. Yes. Anyway, there's my little personal aside story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, taking, I don't know, an episode of John Oliver maybe could be a couple of shades (laughs) apart from this very personal note of yours. And so in that respect, I I appreciate that you, you, you make this connection to to our listeners and um 
Of course, thank you. Thank you very much for telling us that. And, um, if I can help one person find a good doctor, it'll be worth it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And the reason we made we made these little parentheses here, we we've not gone off the of the rail in this show to tell you the truth. We no. are talking about this because this is exactly what happened to this young lady. Yes. And we're trying to establish the difference between when someone said to you, it's just PMS honey, right? Mm -hmm. Versus someone said, you know what? I am going to find out what happened and I'm going to do my damn best to bring you an answer. Yes. And that is what happened in the, on the other side of the story in Colorado. And at the yes. end of the day, it turns out that the rapist in, in Colorado was the same one that raped Maria. Yes. Well, hey, who's counting, right? <laughs> right, exactly. She's unbelievable. She, yeah, no, there's no reason. And here's where I feel like class has a lot to do with this. If Marie Adler had the suburban parents that could go and hunt down a detective every day asking for answer and going to Channel 9 and and doing, you know, all these things that parents with indignation would do, demanding answer because they are, by God, they are taxpayers and, and blah, blah, blah. She would not have been dismissed. No. The main and reason, it's... the main reason Marie Adler was dismissed and was looked at so dis dismissively even by her own foster parents is because of the fact that nobody was willing to know her. People weren't willing to know her beyond the story they know and they imagined in their heads. She is a disadvantaged youth who has had so many problems and no one and, 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 and has been an, not an orphan, but in foster care since she was three, and never found a permanent home, therefore she must be the problem. Yes. She and must it's be. yes, it is a travesty that this happened. And unfortunately, I believe as soon as there turned out to be a case file on her, even though it was not by any means anything that she had ever done wrong. But once she turned into a case file, and by that I mean once the police were able to read all these terrible things that had happened to her, and once it became that she had had this disadvantaged youth, then it was almost as if, well, she doesn't have anybody to fight for. Right. And of course she would make this up because of course she would want attention. Exactly. So it, I think a lot of the times it comes down to who you have to fight for you. And yes. she didn't have anybody other than herself. And she was terrified. Yes. And she was terrified of the system because of what the system had done to exactly. her. Exactly. And she was obviously not able to trust the people that she did put her trust into. They betrayed her at every turn. And so it's, it's a travesty. And unfortunately, I think it's one of those truths, universal truths that 
and I wish it wasn't, but that those who are already weak and crushed are only going to be crushed further because that's the way it works right now. Yes. Yes. It it brings, reminds me of the podcast we did. And I, I believe that was our podcast episode 28 about the family, right? The people who believe that, you know, the strong were the ones that needed protection. Yes. <laughs> you know, well, everybody has always sided with the weak, but no, no, it should be the strong that be, that are protected, which is why you, you will notice that all of your tax money, tax cuts go to the riches of the riches. And then you get, I don't know, $12 a year? What do you get? Y'all keep on voting Republican, you stupid ass. Okay, so... (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know why the liberal in me came out, but... (laughs) That was good. (laughs) So, how about we go into the cast a little bit? Because I love the cast. I love the chemistry between these two women. But I want to talk a little bit more about about the actor who played um, Marie Adler. Yes. Uh, her name is Caitlin Dever. I was tempted to say Dever, but the pronunciation, the phonetic written here says Dever. So she is 20 years old, but she looks like a perpetual 14 years old. She does. She looks very young for her age. <laughs> Which obviously sells the character very much, right? But what a great little actress she is. Um, I don't know that such a young actor was would be so able to project pain and sadness as well as she does throughout the yes. entire throughout the entire series. Yes. Her credits are insane i mean she's been pretty much in everything at her uh, at her young age right yes. so she was gwen thompson on american american girls chris Stan strong i don't know uh never heard of that i think it's something to do with toys you know how they make barbie movies uh-huh. there's american girl dolls and i think uh-huh. they make movies to go with them all so. right Okay, so she was Gwen Thompson on that, but also she was in one of the best little series I've seen, and we've talked about it in one of those, you know, long put this on your watch list things that we've done. Uh, she was from 2011 to 2015. She was on Justified. You remember that this series uh, Justified with um, Timothy Oliphant and. Dewey Crowder, all these guys. Like, I mean, it, it was one of the best series on FX. And it ended about two years ago. Yes. And um, Caitlin Dever was for four years on that show. And uh, she also was Eve Baxter on Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing is a little uh, sitcom that has been going around for a bit more than than eight years now. And it's it's an ABC because I remember watching the first the first season and I kind of 
yeah, it, it wasn't do it, doing it for me, so I stopped watching. But it's been going on. I thought it would have been can it would have cancelled, but it's been going I on had, for, for I years. I had no idea it had still been going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember Tim? What, what's his name? The, Tim Conway. The dude, Tim, no, the dude not Conway. Home Tim, um, Tim Allen. Sorry. Tim Allen. Yes, yes. Tim Allen. So, so she plays Eve Baxter on that series, and. She was what? What did I say? Was okay. Yeah, she she she's she's been on 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 those series, but she's also has appearances in a lot of movies and indie movies and stuff. Movies that we probably never heard of because, like you know, they're like in a theater near you in California or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to see Booksmart that she was in this year, and I I did not get to see it because I. It was here, but I think it was here for like a week and I missed it. So, um, but that's supposed to be amazing. That movie, Booksmart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did read about the Booksmart thing, but I still didn't know what they were talking about. I don't remember ever seeing trailers or announcements for these movies. So I don't know what it's about. And so I, is, I'm going to search it and, and give it a look. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks it looks like it should be amazing. I just didn't get to see it. Sweet. And so now let's talk about the two maverick women who cracked the case and the two actresses who played those women. I think everybody is familiar with Toni Collette's body of work. Toni Collette is a fantastic actress. I believe she's Australian, isn't she? I believe so. Yes, she she is very very talented, and and again another one of those actresses that is very compelling when she's on screen and very believable when she's on screen. Yes, she she had a show. I believe it was on. I want to say HBO. Called the United States of Tara. Yes, and she played like sixteen different characters. It was sort of like a sketch show. It wasn't sketch, really. Uh, but but she played like a lot. Like she did a lot of characters and impersonations and stuff. And each one of them, for me, I want to say that she's like a female version of um, Sasha Baron Cohen, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when it comes to getting into characters and, and very compelling ones to begin with. Yes. So... I mean, I would be very surprised. I, I don't know what else we should say about Toni Collette. Toni Collette is good, and you should know her. Like everybody, every listener should know who Toni Collette is. Yes, absolutely. They should know. And if they don't know, you, you need to be watched. I don't know why you're listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I mean, I mean that's, that's, the, that's, that's it. I, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of, we will not go in to spend a, a lot of time talking about the body of work of Tony Collette, but how compelling, how uh, fun, but how serious at the same time her character as uh, Grace Rasmussen in this uh, particular series is, there's no, there's nothing, she does no wrong yeah. in, in, with this character. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. But then there is this young, relatively young actress called 
married Weaver, right? Yes. She is good, Jocelyn. She yes. is good, and what a what a humane character! What what a whatever component, wherever she pulled out all of these qualities to insert into this uh, character of Karen Duval. I love her. I love yes. everything about her. Yes. Merritt Weaver is a New Yorker, and she has been working for a long time, even though she is barely 30-something years old. She's been, she's been pretty much in everything, too. She's been in so many things and so many things that I've seen, but for whatever reason, it, she didn't, her face didn't call up for me. So I, I, I don't remember her in, in what I saw her in. I, I know I had to have because I've seen Michael yeah. Clayton. I've yeah. seen Birdman. Yes. You know, I've seen Nurse Jackie. I, I, I just, I, I've seen, you know, quite a few of these things that she's been in. I've seen some of New Girl, the TV series. I, I don't remember her. <laughs> So here's the thing. I remember the character she plays in Nurse Jackie because she was like slightly annoying to me. But I, you couldn't tell me for, for to save my life that was her. Yeah. She plays, uh, what's the name of the, of the little character that she plays there? Uh, for Nurse Jackie? Yeah. Zoe Barkow? Zoe Barkow. Yes, yes. That girl, I every time she was on screen, I want on screen. I wanted to kind of strangle her or just tell her, <laughs> "Shut up, shut up!" <laughs> like you know, what I mean, like I, in it was like that that uncontainable happiness that she always exuded that was like really unnerving to me. <laughs> But I would have never thought that was Mary Weaver, you know. But exactly as you said, I mean, I saw Michael Clayton, I saw um, Into the Wild, you know, fairly good watcher of Law and Order, Special um, Criminal Intent and Special Victim Unit, all the Law and Order, fr Law and Order franchise. Um, I'm not a fan, well, not a fan, I've never seen Walking Dead, so, but she did have supposedly a recurring role in, in Walking Dead for the longest time. And um, this series, Godless, they say that's where she sort of like broke out and playing this Mary Agnes McNew. And it is a Netflix series, so I might have to go and watch that, Jocelyn. Yeah, I remember when um, Godless was kind of making the rounds, but I, I never watched it. It was one of the, again, another one of those things. It was like, oh, I should watch that. And then I never did. Yeah. That that, that happens a lot. Though. It does. <laughs> the, oh, I should watch that, man. <laughs> And then I never do. And it never happens. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the rest of the cast, as we were talking about, Elizabeth Marvel has a long, 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 long history of being. She's a, she's one of those called what you would call a, a working actor, right? Somebody who pretty has been on everything and gets some very substantial roles and is good at it. You know, she yes. was, she was on she was on the very last season of Homeland. 
Did you ever watch she, Homeland? I no, I never did. So she was in the very last season of Homeland, and she ran for president because the the, the last season of Homeland was very similar to the 2016 um, real life election, and she ran for president. She won, and she sort of like took a turn for the worst and became pretty much like a dictator. But she was so good. I, I'm. She, yeah, she, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. I've I like you've said she's been in like everything, and but she's always good in everything that she's in. You, and she's very good at playing the kind of character that you just don't like. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I think that takes a great actor to be able to do that, to be able to find all those little buttons that we all have and push them at once. Yeah. Yes. Um. And she's she's very very good at that for from everything that I remember seeing her in. I'm sure she's played lovely people as well. I just don't remember those. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just remember the character that makes you makes you go, oh God, you remind me of you know X Y Z in my life that I can't stand. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. The actress who played Amber, which who was the second young lady that featured prominently in this in this story was raped in Colorado and was whom with whom um Karen Duvall came in contact from the very beginning of her investigation. She is played by Danielle McDonald. She is Australian, to my surprise. Yes. And the only thing I could remember I, I, immediately since I, uh, when I saw her, I remembered her. But it's because recently she did a little movie for Netflix on with Jennifer Aniston, you remember that? Dumpling. Dumpling, exactly. Yes. And yes. so as soon as I saw her, I'm like, ah, look at uh, Willow Dean, <laughs> 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 a.k.a. Dumpling. Yes. But she turned out to be a very compelling little actress too. Yes. She's uh, likable, believable, and so... Her character is really smart because I think she, you know, like she was the one victim that actually got the dude to talk. She observed, like she simply wasn't going to die from that one. She, she, she was going to, she, she, she used her time, the time in her suffering to remember things, to get the guy to talk, to pacify him enough so she, she she wouldn't get killed and she was able to give enough description in details for um for the work to 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 develop in order to catch the guy her character yes. as ember but yes the the truth about it is that you believed every single thing you saw about her i think she has some good qualities as, as an actress she definitely does. Um, I enjoyed her performance in Dumplin'. I thought she was good in Dumplin'. Yeah. Um, and I, I enjoyed her in, in this as well. I thought she was she was very, very good. And um, I think that the difference between the character she played of Amber and the difference between the character um, that Miss Deaver played as Marie really highlighted, I think, some of the... the the preconceptions yes. that that was that was made because I, you know, I, I think that Marie, because she wasn't a good 
witness doesn't mean that she wasn't a victim. Right. But Amber was a good witness. She was an excellent witness, which is great and and good, but that that doesn't make her, you know, uh, less or it doesn't make Marie less of a victim than Amber um just because Marie was a, a terrible witness and 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 lost I know that I would be a terrible witness, you know, I mean, if, if something like that happens to, to have the wherewithal and the wits and the brains about you to go, okay, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to remember this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that is unbelievable and, and wonderful. But if you can't do that, that doesn't mean that you aren't you're a victim credible. or that you're less of a victim. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always cough at, at this idea that people, people tend to to label the way another person should feel after certain trauma, right? Like, yes. Whenever I'm watching one of those, you know, to catch a murderer or whatever, and and I hear people and even detectives saying like, well, the way he was behaving didn't look like somebody who had just lost his wife. Or the way she was, she wasn't even crying. She wasn't like when somebody devastated like that shouldn't be partying and laughing. People don't understand that the human psyche has so many different ways to deal with trauma. Yes. There is no perfect scenario as to how a person should react after a trauma. Yeah. And in whoever believes in that has no business being in law enforcement. Because, no, absolutely not. Because that's how you get you know, the wrong person convicted of shit, of shit that they didn't do. Yep. Law enforcement, healthcare, um, anything to do with the legal profession, um, anything to do with anything like that, because human beings, the level that, that we have, that the human brain has of coping with trauma and the level of, of different things that we have, we can be laughing one second and bawling our eyes out the next. And if you miss that second in between, you know, you're going to go walk away going, Oh, well, you know, they just got raped and they're just laughing their head off. And, you know, if you walk away for the second and you miss the crying, then you, all you're left with is the impression of, of the laughter. So there are so many different, as you said, levels to our psyche. I don't know the way that we all deal with things and it all deals with our, a lot of it will funnel back into the way we were treated as children. And all of us had different experiences as children. There's not one single person of us that had the same experience growing up. doesn't even matter if you were brother and sister or sister and sister or brother and brother growing up in exactly the same house at exactly the same time. You each had your own experiences growing up. So we're all going to have different experiences and different reactions to grief, trauma, happiness, parties, all of us are going to be different from one another. So to say that, oh, well, you know, he's not acting at all like his wife just died. You have no idea what that person is going to act right. like because you are not that person. Yeah, yeah. No, look, it's it's an amazing thing because I have this issue, for instance, where w when I was little, and this is a bit of a uh, therapy session here, but when I was little, I was the only kid that... For some reason, anybody could come to my mom and say, I saw Graham do this, do that, or that, and she would believe it. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. like, it was an amazing thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I believe he's capable of that. 
mm-hmm. of course, the punishment would follow. And so it came to a point that that was so frustrating for me that I completely gave up on defending myself, mm-hmm. on making a, a case for myself. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I have this issue that if you accuse me of something and I know that I didn't do it, I, I will fight. But at some point, I will, I will simply tell you, fuck it, believe whatever you want. Right. And, and it will look as though that I didn't resist long enough. But that's because that's how frustrated I get. Because I, I, I don't understand why you would, if I'm telling you I did not do that, right? And mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain to you why you should believe I, I didn't do that. And you have no further proof or evidence that I did that, but you still... You just think that I look like the guy that would do that. That frustrates me enough to not want to talk to you anymore, right? Yes, yes. And I know that to law enforcement, I'm doomed. <laughs> I'm, seriously. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't mean to laugh, but but yeah, no. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because yeah, and what was, else can I tell? What do you want me to say? Like, I've right. told you I, yeah. I, that I didn't do it. I told you it wasn't me. What the fuck you want from me? Believe whatever you want. And so now yeah. I look like the guy who's not, you know, fighting hard enough to prove that his innocence. Motherfucker, I wouldn't have to be proving my innocence to begin with if your ass didn't believe from the very beginning, if you didn't accept as fact that I was guilty of something. Yes. So there, there you go, you know. Yes. And, and this is what people don't understand. Reacting to... Trauma, reacting to frustration. Everybody have their own way. You, you, yeah. you shouldn't just think that every human being act the same, do the same. This is the natural thing. There is no natural order in the matter of human emotions. Simple. Simple. No. Whatever you think you know, get the fuck rid of it because that's how you would react. That does not mean that's how everybody else should react. Exactly. No. Exactly. Because we have all been, you know, you were conditioned in a certain way. Well, if I treat, if I act in this manner, if I try to defend myself, it's not going to matter because I'm not going to believe anyway. So you've been conditioned to that. So, you know, of course you're going to be like, well, well, believe whatever the fuck you want because there's no way I can ever convince you if it's going to turn into a he said, she said. So, uh, yeah, no, and that's and that's all of us. We can take it back to, in Marie's case, you know, I mean, she was obviously terrified of of people in authority because of what had happened to her in the system. Of course, she's going to want to try to please them. Yep. So if they come to her and they say, this doesn't seem true, then of course she's going to go, okay, yeah, I, 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 if I can just make it go away, I'll just make it go away so that I can be at peace and be peaceful and just, it'll all go away and it'll be fine. Yeah. And that's unfortunately what they pushed her into doing. Definitely. So watch this show, man. Take your time. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah. Watch it for yourself or watch it for your daughter or watch it for your wife or your mom. Um, but, but watch it. It's a very human piece of television 
It's not sensationalized at all. It's a very um, clear-cut story about what happened to a young woman who correctly reported a rape but was uh, forced into recanting her reporting as well as charged by the police for doing that. And then the story of what happened in a different state when the same rapist attacked some other women. Yeah. That's a, the, a quick synopsis of it. And so this is not by any means, I don't know that you could call this show enjoyable. You no, know. I would not call it enjoyable, but I would call it definitely educational. Yes. And um, touching. Yes. And important, I think. Definitely. I think important is, a, is another word Absolutely for it. important. Yes. yes, yes. There, there's um, no reason why anyone should think, there's no point in me watching this. No, you have to. You have to watch it. Even if you are a feminist, pro women even if you know all the ins and out of women must be believed in i have to support women's right you still have to watch this because yeah. that's that that's a fact you need to yeah. hear this story you need to know what happened and if you can't watch this series then please go and read the article yeah yeah please do Please do, or do both. <laughs> Ideally, do both. Ideally, do both, but but one or the other, and um, you'll you will learn a lot, and uh, probably get angry and sad and 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 happy too. But but yeah, it's it's a very emotional tale that is very important, and again, you'll learn a lot about how life works. I'm with you. And so after this, we're going to leave it right there for you. We, we, we hope that you follow those instructions. <laughs> Go watch or read the article or do both. That's the conclusion <laughs> to this. <laughs> uh, so next week, we are going to talk about Emmys, right, uh, Jocelyn? Yes. So Sunday nights, Emmys and... We're going to be watching closely. Yes. And then we're going to have a good laugh about some of the things that we <laughs> will see here. <laughs> yes, indeed. It, it brings good memories because our very, very, very first show, <laughs> our very first episode was started with the um, Academy Awards. Yes. Before, we, So I think we did our first episode the week before. I believe so, yes. Award. And then I think we did a follow-up for... Then, uh, yes. 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 So these kind of things kind of will bring memory, memories of doing a show about the Emmys. And I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Fantastic. We would like to invite you also to go to our website. It's kickinginstrumentpodcast.com. Remember, we don't use any Gs. Um I'm going to throw a word out there that, you know, it's, it's kind of like a hard one. We don't use G's in our gerunds. So <laughs> it's not kicking in streaming. It's kicking in streaming. 
and uh, kickinginstrumentpodcast.com you can listen to our to this week's episode and every single episode we've put out uh, ever since also you can of course subscribe you can go do that on apple podcast on stitcher on um spotify on google podcast you can find us everywhere and here's a little trick jocelyn did you know that if you say to your smart speaker let's say you have amazon echo right mm-hmm. you said alexa install any pod skill right mm-hmm. alexa will install any pod and tell you we have we have this skill and now you will say alexa play kicking and streaming podcast and she will play it for you easy as that mm-hmm. easy as pie and once you have installed any part skill you don't have to install it all every time so the next time all you have to do is alexa enable any part skill and then you can tell her to play kicking and streaming podcast or she will tell you would you like me to continue playing kicking and streaming podcast and of course you're going to say yes (laughs) (laughs) yes and let me tell you something when you go to our website or when you click on our little player the, the, the the player where the buzzsprout player you will see that there is a little heart thing. You see the little heart thing, right, Jocelyn? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That little heart thingy means Graham and Jocelyn do the, this podcast and they would like you to become a patron of this podcast. Why not? So we have a Patreon page. Pretty much everything we've published is also there. And we are, we are considering... And working on coming out with some other contents that are going to be exclusive to our Patreon page. Yes. So check it out. Look at the different tiers on which you could become a patron. You could start with a number as low as $1 per month. So just think about it. $1 a month is about $12. It is $12. Yeah. Two Starbucks, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. imagine you bought us two coffees, right? Yeah. One yeah. for me, one for Justin. Yes. How about that? That'd be awesome. But instead, you're going to do that by contributing to our podcast so that we can continue doing this work. That doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> we're going to stop, but this thing kind of costs money. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do that even if you even if you if you don't but if you do that we will send you a little gift and this time we have beautiful kicking and streaming coasters yay 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 all right so when you're having your your brewski you can put your glass right on top of it and you don't mess up things and you can still see the little man watching tv and being completely ecstatic about yes. what he's watching. Yes, he's super happy. Yes, he is. Yeah. And what else, uh, Jocelyn? 
That's it, right? Uh, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. Well, then, we're going to call it a day. Thank you very much. One more time for listening. We would like you to do the, the last thing we'd like you to do is, you know what? After you listen to an episode, share it. Share it on your social media page. Okay. It's, it's very, it's very easy to share. It's very shareable. Our player will go to any, any, any social media page except Instagram, but whatever. You know what I mean? So share it. Tell somebody, tell a friend. Hey man, I'll send to this podcast. I think you should. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forward you a link. Right, Justin? That's right. That's right. It's easy enough to do. I do it all the time with my friends. Yeah. So, Justin, tell people how they can find find you. On Instagram, I am Jocelyn Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram as Mr. Puzzetta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Or you can also follow our Instagram page, which is funny. It's called Kicking and Streaming underscore podcast. Yes. On Twitter, we are Kicking and Streaming. And that's it. That's it. Definitely, that's it. That's it. it. We out, Jocelyn. Yeah. We out. Bye, everybody. Take care. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. (laughs)